For the latest coronavirus news, open the WPG Talk Radio app. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much, and it's my pleasure to welcome back Tommy Hicks. He's doing a great job, and oh my gosh, is this next five and a half months the most important five and a half months of your lifetime? Because it's it's beyond the moral imperative. We have to keep President Trump in office. Just look around what the other side would do. Given, given any additional power, look what they would do. They want to stay shut down. We want to open. I mean, everything is bizarre world. Tommy Hicks, co-chairman, Republican National Committee. Welcome back, sir. How are you? Harry, thanks for having me back on. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Oh, I'm very well, sir. And let's and, and stay safe and healthy, you and your family, and keep doing the great job you're doing, uh, Mr. Chairman. In terms of this project, protect the vote that the Republican National Committee is doing, when we see, this is no longer anecdotal, as you know, Tommy, we see thousands and thousands of illegals who are registered voters. We see these schemes with using the pandemic to be able to be vote by mail for the whole state. Hey, we're not going to know who the president is for a week because there's going to be all this stuff going on and people that can vote late and wrong. And I mean, I, I can't believe my eyes. I can't believe my ears, Tommy. Yeah, it's it's really important that we protect everybody's legal right to vote. And what they've done, this top-down approach for national uh, mail-in uh, effort, is ripe for fraud. I mean, that would be sending live ballots to people who've moved, to people who have passed away, frankly. Yeah. And so it's just totally ripe for fraud. Big time. I mean, we have it now. We're, we're a vote-by-mail state until further notice. There were local elections where it was used in New Jersey. We have um, the uh, July 7th primary, all vote by mail. I have a sneaky suspicion they're going to say, well, we just don't know what things will be like, and, and some people won't feel safe. So we're going to be all vote by mail. I'm predicting it here and now uh, that we'll be all vote by mail for the November 3rd general election. And I agree with everything you said. We saw a number of House seats in the 2016 election cycle where Republicans won, but oh, no, 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 wait, 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 we got all these vote-by-mail ballots, and disproportionately, they just seem to go to Democrats. I saw a, um area in Illinois where they have 6,000 more registered voters than they have people. Not, regist- not even voters. I'm talking about 6,000 more registered voters than there are total number of people in that community and we know only about half the people even bother to register to vote so these i i've been saying it tommy all along president trump needs to win by a mile in order to win this thing because they are pulling out all the stops or at least they're trying to aren't they absolutely and you know you mentioned protect the vote we have a website called protectthevote.com which goes state by state into all the litigation that we are uh, actively involved in to make sure that we protect your vote and yes, where does it end on their end? And we do have to win by a mile, and we're going to win by a mile. Under under this virtual campaign, we've expanded the number of people in our Trump grassroots army to over 1.2 million people. We've made 30 million phone calls to reach out to voters. And so there's a lot of enthusiasm here. And when he wins big, we're going to take back the House, and we're going to keep the Senate. And that's going to put us on a glide path of glory for the rest of our century. Do you feel good? I mean, we've been our whole lifetime and for hundreds of years, we, we've been able to know 
typically. I mean, we had Bush v. Gore in 2000, and that seems to be the demarcation line that we just don't have finality. I think Richard Nixon won the election of 1960, but he said, I'm not going to put the country through it. Gerald Ford lost a very close election with Bob Dole uh, to Jimmy Carter in 76. He wasn't going to put the country through it. We accepted uh, in days gone by the results of the election. Democrats don't accept the results of elections anymore, Tommy, unless they win. Right, and and they can they continue to put politics over the American people, and it's at least they're consistent, you know. And and you brought up Bush v. Gore. That reminds you that every single vote does matter. We won by five hundred thirty-seven votes, and that was the election. It's true. And they litigated that well through. So we we got to fight. We're visiting with Tommy Hicks, co-chairman, Republican National Committee. Uh, I suspect, and a lot of our listeners do as well, and I think a lot of other people with uh, both eyes and both ears wide open suspect that the Democratic presumptive nominee is, there's maybe some people say, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something a bit just off there. Uh, the, the candidate seems unsteady, doesn't seem to be able to conjugate a verb, finish a sentence, a lot, a lot of shakiness going on. Crazy comments like the thing he said uh, to the um, Breakfast Club host, the Charlemagne the God guy. Uh, about if you if you don't support him, you ain't black, and th- this kind of stuff. Um, he seems like a really shaky candidate, Tommy. Well, yeah, he he is, and Joe Biden is wrong for America. And and by the way, he's embraced every single one of Bernie Sanders' far left, uh, big government, radical socialist policies, whether it's open borders, raising taxes on the middle class, uh, Green New Deal, or nationalizing health care. He's out of touch with the American people, so we're going to have a clear choice on November 3rd. What do you think it is, Tommy, about, I mean, if it isn't this, it sure seems like it's this, Democrat states want to stay closed, maybe forever, at least through November 3rd, I guess. Uh, Republican states want to open. Of course, uh, it's not true, but for five minutes, uh, hydroxychloroquine is uh, very good if you're Republican it's poison if you're a Democrat, even though it's been FDA approved for 65 plus years. I mean, there's not a darn thing left that's not political. How, how can whether reopening your state or or not or what you can open and when you can open it? How, how did everything turn political? Well, I, I, you're, you're right. It has everything has turned political and it's, it's shameful, especially in a time like this where you've got tens of millions of people who've lost their jobs because of this virus but i think it's really important to note that this president has remained a leader and has not been partisan through leading us as a country through this crisis we worked on he's slowed the spread he's got the three-phase plan that which empowers governors to reopen their economies safely they know what's best for their states and eventually uh, we're, we will come back. Our economy will come back. The virus has already started to slow, and we'll be prepared when and if there are hot spots because of what this this administration's done. Tommy, I'd like to comment on that and and to, to further additional comments from you on it. There is that's not just the well he's the he's the co-chairman of the Republican National Committee of Harry. Of course, he's got to say that the president has been nonpartisan. He's helped everybody. I ask everyone to dispute what I'm about to say, and then I want to get your comment, Tommy Hicks. What the president did with New York State, 
the way he has worked with Governor Cuomo, the way he continues to work with Governor Cuomo as recently as yesterday with the infrastructure meeting that they had. Cuomo wanted uh, a, a warship turned medical ship turned medical ship hospital. Got it with the U.S. Uh, comfort. He wanted the Javits Center to be a hospital. He got it. He got all the PPE he needed. He got all the ventilators he needed. They got everything that they needed. I think you'll agree with me, even though the president hails from uh, the, the great city of New York City, about zero chance that he will win the state of New York and its precious, whatever it is, 56 or a precious number of, of electoral votes. And so he couldn't have been doing any of that to benefit himself for the campaign if he was being strategic and purely political which you know that i used to work for him i know better he does the right thing the the time and effort that he has spent with new york new jersey pennsylvania michigan other democrat governors he's not picking states that he thinks i can win or can't win or picking winners and losers he's helping where the need is and i think anybody that's being objective has to admit that that is the way that he has pursued this entire coronavirus doing the right thing and remember at every turn they said oh no you'll never be able to get enough ventilators of course he did oh there won't be enough critical care units and and there won't be enough this you could never get the 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 warship turned into a hospital within that deadline and they turned it in as you know like two weeks early uh to new york harbor and so his record on this is not only defendable it's applaudable. Yes, and you're seeing these governors, uh, whether it's Cuomo or Newsom or uh, even Whitmer, uh, praise him both publicly and behind closed doors. Uh, and you you know as well as I do, the, pres- the president gen- genuinely cares about people, and 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 he's taken it really, <laughs> really very seriously. He wakes up every single day, at, and he said it himself: one death is is way too many and we've had you know a really tough time with this but the president cares about people he wants to make sure the american people are safe and he does not play politics during uh, a crisis like this and the the evidence defends that all the way proves it all the way because he is he has helped the state he has no chance to win more than any state in the union in terms of new york and you could almost say uh the same in new jersey uh, as much as i would love president trump to win our state no no republican has won our state since george hw bush the first time he ran uh so the these are the realities in terms of the electoral uh blueness of the state but that did not stop the president from assigning a lot of his time effort federal assets giving what do you need and making it happen so that record is is extremely consistent for those who don't know exactly what this protect the vote is and and i remind you what tommy shared a little while ago in our interview that there's a website protect the other than supporting a great candidate for re-election i think this protecting the vote is the most important thing because we don't want to get in the business of needing two votes to make up for every cheat that they do i mean this this is a math that could become very problematic if if they get away with what they're trying to do and as you know democrats are pretty uh, infamous for not letting a crisis go to waste and they are taking full advantage of this one you can just tell from the electoral perspective we're going to have millions and millions of ballots 
that are going to be in mail bins and apartment complexes and mail rooms. You know what this is going to look like, Tommy. And, and college dorms where people have moved uh, yeah. after finishing a semester. But it's simple. Here's what the Democrats they want. They want to mail ballots to every single voter on the rolls, including inactive voters and voters who have moved. Yeah. And that's, that doesn't work. And what we want is allowing voters and states to decide what's best for them, not the federal government. And and, that, and this website is a really effective tool to go around and, and study exactly what we're doing to help make sure that your vote does count and is not canceled out. Tommy, it's great to visit with you. Thank you for the great work you're doing as co-chairman of the Republican National Committee. And I look forward to our next visit. Be well. Harry, Harry thank you. Be well. You too, sir. Thank you very much. Tommy Hicks, co-chairman Republican National Committee. When we come back, John Zarek, Esquire, joins the program. Coming up in the fourth quarter, this is almost, I mean, it's amazing what's going on in real estate. Wait until you hear what we're going to be updating you on in the fourth quarter with Joe Daly. I mean, she is booming right now. Who would believe it? And I mentioned to you, I think it was uh, two or three days ago, how is it even possible during a pandemic? Uh, I get an email every month, and in the last 30 days, the Ponderosa has increased in value by $6,097. How's that happen in this environment? 5.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. John Zarek standing still burn in Minneapolis. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Protesters out again, angry over the death of a black man Monday, while an officer was seen on video kneeling on his neck. Some set fires, some damaged property. Police used tear gas. Stores were looted. There were people just tearing out television. They were stacking them on top of their cars. Karen Scullin with Fox 9 TV outside a Target. It literally looked like people were simply shopping, and then they would come out with carts full of uh, good from inside the store like it was no big deal. This went on for a very long time. No police anywhere. At a pawn shop, the owner reportedly shot and killed someone. Minneapolis's mayor is calling for calm, tweeting early this morning, we cannot let tragedy beget more tragedy. The number of coronavirus deaths in the U.S. now tops 100,000, prompting Joe Biden to put out a video. It's made all the worse by knowing that this is a fateful milestone we should have never reached. We could have been avoided. The president's Democratic challengers have long been critical of the Trump response as being too slow, especially on tests. The president has said his travel ban on China that Biden denounced saved lives early. The president today will sign an executive order to roll back legal protections for social media sites. Two days after Twitter fact-checked two of his tweets, which he claimed was part of an effort to silence conservatives. Now, those tweets were about his claims that voting by mail will lead to widespread fraud, and he'll like what happened in Texas. Fox's Evan Brown explains live. Yeah, Dave, the Texas Supreme Court now says that not every Texan is entitled to vote by mail. There had been a challenge to Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who said Texas law only allows for mail-in ballots to people with disabilities or the elderly, and that while someone sick with COVID would qualify as disabled, someone fearful of getting COVID would not. The lower court ruled that it was wrong, but now the state's highest court says Paxton was correct, Dave. America's listening to Fox News. 
This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-858-1199. 800-858-1199. 800-858-1199. Talk Radio 95.5 Weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. A bit sticky out there today with moderate to high humidity and high temperatures for South Jersey, reaching for about 74 degrees. Patchy morning fog, then lots of cloud cover, a chance for a shower at some point, and a moderate risk of rip currents along the Jersey Shore. Cloudy tonight with some fog, low of 68, pretty muggy, and tomorrow will be steamy, high of 79, mostly cloudy, with a few thunderstorms too. One more round of rain early Saturday, then flipping to sunshine with falling humidity, still warm Saturday at 80 degrees. I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is four minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning and thanks for tuning in for John Zarek. John Zarek is the official and exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense legal matters for the Hurley in the Morning program. The law offices of John Zarek presents Smart Law with John Zarek and to reach John and his uh, fantastic team at the law offices of John Zarek, simply dial 609-641-2266. If you're dealing with a, a situation, please give John a call. 609-641-2266. I was thinking about John. I wrote a column uh, earlier this week, and I talked about all the things that are going on right now. People that are depressed, suicide, suicidal thoughts, uh, financial ruination. I mean all kinds of unhappy things and we're looking at numbers in terms of um, people being unwell right now that in a report I read solely based on the pandemic reaching something like more than 30 percent of the population so like one out of every three people you see is either clinically depressed distraught financially ruined five minutes from being ruined it's a um and then and then simultaneously some people are doing very very well uh it, it's really um quite amazing it's it's a mixed bag all the way around john welcome to your program good morning good morning harry uh yeah it's a difficult time there's no question about it i mean there, there's certain rules i think certain uh guidelines that we can employ that are likely to make things better no one has a guarantee that any 
particular course of action is going to solve all the problems. But um, I mean, I think you'll I think you'll recall in uh, ninety two ninety three uh, the written about by. Uh, Donald Trump and the art of the comeback, right? He was buried. Yep. He wrote Art of the Deal, which was a tremendous bestseller. And then I vividly remember when you're talking about, that's when we were, you and I both having hang time with the president, Art of the Comeback. Yes. Take it back. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was, he was, uh, he went through a a time when he was buried in debt. I mean, absolutely buried in debt couldn't make a deal. And uh, in fact, he describes how he got into that. And it's very, very good. It, there's a, uh, and this is, I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, whatever. He, at a time when he wasn't running for president a good while ago, he, uh, there's a, there's a, a YouTube that says uh, Donald Trump top 10 business advice tips or something like that. It's top 10. There's, there are people that put together these top five, top ten things. And this compilation is, is really good. It's videos of him uh, speaking to people or could be audio. And, he, and one thing he uh, talks about is when he said now in the early 90s, and people say he's arrogant and he has some flair to him, there's no question, but... Yeah, this is this is one of the items he he says. You know, in the early '90s, said there's he said take care of the details yourself. Make sure that the important details or the key details, timing wise, are taken care of by you. Don't leave it to someone else. And and of course, that's exactly what most people want to do. They want to get 95 percent there. And the tension builds, and it's it's awkward. And of course, they have competing entertainment, perhaps out there, and they leave it to others to wrap things up. And of course, what happens is it uh, very often comes apart uh, because they didn't hang in there. So he did something like that. He was in the in the '90s, early '90s. He was. Um, no, things were getting rough, but he had a massive deal that would have made everything okay and um, solved the problem. And he had um, a closing, and he worked and worked and worked day and night. And then uh, he said, you know, but at that time, he said, well, I was dating all these models, and I was, um, uh, and everyone was saying what a genius I was. And he said, uh, he said, and I had plenty of money and everything I touched turned to gold. And he said, and I was foolish enough to believe it, which is pretty interesting. I wish they'd play that. <laughs> I wish they would play that more. He said, and I was foolish enough to actually believe this stuff, right? So, uh, you know, I'm going to Broadway shows and I'm, dating these models and really not working as hard as I normally worked because after all he had it made. And he said, what happened was this major closing would have stopped everything. He was there. He got it 95% done, but he had uh, a date. He said some dazzling woman and, um, 
and a Broadway show, an opening or something like that. And he said, I just said, okay, I got this wrapped up. You guys just finish up. Just a few little details. You finish up and I'll talk to you. Well, they didn't get the job done. And he said, because that deal didn't go, that was the beginning of the end. He was, you know, that deal didn't go, that buried him in debt, and there was more debt and more debt and more problems, and he was completely underwater, you know. So it's very important, especially in these times, uh, a couple things are important from that lesson. In these times, get the job done and make sure you don't have to do every bit of it, but you have to be there. You know, you have to be on top of it, and you have to check and recheck. And you, you really can't, you can trust everyone to an extent, but you have to close the deal yourself. You know, you have to make sure that those crucial details that your financial livelihood and professional livelihood depends on are taken care of. And uh, John, isn't that great advice? I mean, coming from someone who typically worked that way, relentlessly so, but was um, honest to admit that he let a few things slip. And it goes to show you that even that's a, such a sobering comment that even if you take care of 95 percent, if you don't see the following the, the finish line through, you're going to get nipped at the finish line you're either going to lose out to someone else or the thing's going to fall apart and that's a um that's a great lesson isn't it john a really good lesson and and really a good lesson um you know he's criticized for being arrogant and so forth but egotistical but he's very you know look that up anybody who's here it's top 10 business advice tips from donald trump and it's put together long ago, probably put together before the presidential campaign, or maybe during, but, you know, it, it, it wasn't put out by the campaign. It was put, put out by uh, just a private guy who does these top tens, this and that, and I guess makes a little, makes a little money from advertising on them. Uh, so he, he, he did that, and then, he, you know, another uh, aspect of this is that he was buried, you know, the deal didn't go, that led to big trouble and more trouble, and he really was buried in debt. I mean, he was underwater, real underwater. Of course, New York City was was in, you know, in bad, bad, bad shape. Atlantic City got, got into very bad shape. So he was, he had a struggle, and he said, welcome that. You know, welcome those circumstances, because that's where you really find what you're made of. You know, that's where you find anyone can anyone can handle good times. But times like we're having now, it's important that we, you know, this is a test. I mean, it's a test for a lot of people that this is where you find out whether you have what it takes to survive real trouble. I mean, normal ups and downs of business are one thing, but, you know, do you have what it takes to survive real trouble? And there are a lot of people out there that on paper should go broke. They should lose their businesses. They should uh, go bankrupt. They should be finished uh, the end of their career, but they won't 
And the reason they won't is because they'll face this head on and they'll struggle and scrape and come up with alternatives and set goals. And, you know, you can't, you can't control a situation like that. All you can do, um, and we have this situation in trials a lot, a lot, where we have evidence that is, it may not be true, but it sure looks true, and it's overwhelming sometimes, and there seems to be no way out. But there's always a better response and a worse response to any situation, you know. And so if we have a situation where we say, well, what, what I often do is get the p- people together and say, okay, if we win this case, well, boss, we're not going to win this case, you know. Well, but if we win this case, how are we going to win it? What's the play? What's the scenario? How's it going to play out that we win the case that we hear not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty? How is that going to happen? And very often when you start thinking about and discussing those scenarios, which seem sort of outlandish at the time uh, in, in the face of reality, you start to get a wedge in the oppressive set of facts and circumstances that you're facing, and that wedge gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and very often will result in hearing those very good words for defense lawyers, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, Mm -hmm. right? John, hold it right there. We'll be right back. 16 minutes past the hour, the law offices of John Zarek presents smart law with John Zarek and for all of your criminal defense needs. Part of what I left out in my opening uh, preamble there before bringing John on, the the column that I wrote at WPGtalkradio.com, I put about all these things that are going on right now. Uh, Also, divorce. Also, high concentration, high volume of domestic violence. These are all the things that were in that column. You can check it out, WPGtalkradio.com. Back with John Zarek. Smart law with John Zarek continues. For all of your criminal defense legal needs, 609-641-2266, 609-641-2266. We're back in two and a half minutes with John Zarek and yours truly. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hey, it's Joe Pags. Join me tonight at midnight. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back. It's 19 minutes past the hour. John Zarek continues Smart Law with John Zarek. Counselor, time is yours. Yeah, so we're in very tough times, Harry, of course, and it's really important to uh, set a goal and, you know, things might not look good for a lot of our listeners. They might not look good for a lot of the people out there, but set a goal, and ask the question, and again, I said it, we do it with trials all the time. You know, the evidence looks really, really bad, and uh, you know, a client may say, look, I am innocent, I didn't do this, uh, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this one's lying, this one's lying, this one's lying, and you think, okay, you know, but the evidence is still there, that you can expect that they're going to testify that way, but what we do is we set a we, we look at a scenario, uh, if we're going to win the case, how are we going to win it? Well, you know, if you do that, then you, you'd say, well, this 
this one person who is not telling the truth, and we know they're not telling the truth, we can start with that person. That'll be the key. That'll be the first witness, probably. And we can ask a, a series of questions, which won't say the day, but at least we'll get the jury thinking like, hey, the state's case isn't 100% airtight. You know, it looks pretty good, but this this person, this guy who just testified for the state, didn't come off as confidently as the prosecutor indicated. You know, so you get to the point where you you have an opening and we'll build on that and we the next witness you figure out how what else is going to create a question in the jury's mind and then also you need luck you know you need a break and just like uh trump when he was coming back from the early 90s disaster he did what he could do he he mapped things out he uh made overtures to banks and bondholders and so on and so forth. We've heard a lot about that in Atlantic City. And he did what he could do, and then you need luck or you need good fortune or grace or whatever you want to call it. You need some you need some things that are not foreseeable, let alone controllable, to break in your favor. So that's what that's the way we deal with crisis. Uh, and we have crisis on a regular basis. And that's, that's, I think, the best advice I could give anyone is to, all right, we know you're buried. We know it's all over. We know you're going to lose your business. We know all these things. Okay, we'll accept that. But if we were to survive, if, some, if you are to survive, what would the scenario be for you to survive? And so, you know, you think that out, and there is a scenario. The scenario may be that the country goes into the biggest economic boom, boom ever. Uh, it may be that the people that uh, you owe money to have an overwhelming, have a religious conversion and become <laughs> <laughs> super charitable. But, you know, they may be far-fetched, but at least there's a scenario that as facts develop and good things happen, you can fit those facts into that scenario and you're ready for it and ready to make further adjustments and ultimately be successful. Yeah, John, I love this. I love this message because it shows you you can always, if you quit, you've you've guaranteed your result. Your result will be failure and you have no chance if you just quit. But if you work the problem, uh, I, I, I draw... Sometimes on, on movies that I like, uh, Apollo 13, for example, if you just looked at their circumstances and said, hey, what are the chances that we're going to get these three guys back home alive with how much oxygen they have and all these other problems that are going to go on during this? But if you work one problem at a time, you can get to the finish line, but you have to work the problem, correct? Yeah, you have to work the problem. You can't give up. You can't. You can't just say, "Oh, we're we're going to lose." There's no way, and and let your mind go blank, and let them just walk up, grab you by the hair, and cut your head off. I mean, that is not going to. That's not a winning strategy, right? No. Uh, or you can just rely on hope. And as uh, as some famous people have said, 
recently, hope is not a strategy. Correct. You know, hope is not a strategy. A strategy is a strategy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to try this, and I'm going to try that. That's a strategy. And then that can take you from something that looked hopeless to something where you can then see the finish line because you've successfully managed a certain part of the problem so that you can actually say, wait a minute now, it's a good thing I didn't quit. I'm, I'm in this thing. And all of a sudden, you get additional momentum, you get a second wind, and you're in the thing now. And then the next thing you know, you, you did the unthinkable, you did the unimaginable, you actually did, in fact, survive. But you don't do that by quitting. You've got to work it. Sure. Yeah. That's what happened to Donald Trump in in the early 90s. Yep. You know, he mapped out a strategy, uh, determined that if he were going to survive, it would be, uh, it could be this way, this way, this way, and this way. And then he started taking action. Um, now, a, a lot of people are averse to starting to do something unless they're sure it's going to work. For example, um, I had a, uh, a friend who owned a sporting goods store. Uh, actually, it was a, kind of a hunting and fishing and, and largely bow hunting store, archery store, and he had a range and so forth uh, very long ago. And he was a great guy, and he, he had everything mastered. But he didn't have any goals, you know. So he walked in, you, you know, he'd walk into the store, and there would be people walking around, and no one would approach, he, he wouldn't approach them, and no one else would approach them. I mean, they were great, he and his wife, they were great people, they were wonderful people. Uh, do anything for you, knew their stuff backwards and forwards, but they didn't have any goals. They didn't have any business goals. And having a goal is what motivates us. You know, it's like, it's, it's like free money. You know, you, you, you set a goal and what's boring and aimless and unsuccessful with a goal all of a sudden becomes fun. So, you know, you set the goal and, and we, you know, we do that with, uh, you know, with cases, with trials, with so forth. We, you know, we set the goal and the, we write down not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. That's the goal. That's where we're going. So just so everybody knows, we're not here just to do a good job. We're not here just to enjoy the practice of law. We hear those words. And so, you know, in a business situation, uh, my friend, we, you know, I said, how's it going? He says, well, you know, it's not really going well. You know, we're really not selling much. I said, well, how much do you need to sell in the course of a day to, to be profitable, you know, to, to, to survive, to, to pay the bills in, in, in addition to being profitable? How much do you need? And he didn't know. Wow. So, uh, and I said, you know, how much did you do daily? You know, how much did you do each day in the last week? Um, I don't know. I really haven't looked. And he, he, that is not because he's a morally defective person. It was just because he just didn't have basic business skills or basic goal setting skills. 
So I said, why don't you, you know, why don't we do this? Why don't we set a goal? You know, we talked about his bills a little bit. Of course, I, I don't charge for this stuff. I only charge for criminal defense, but I like to help people if I can. And I said, how about we set a goal uh, of, I don't know, $400 a day or 600 a day or 1,000 a day. I don't know what the business was, uh, the, what the break even was, but let's set a goal today. He argued with me, you know, for a long time that he didn't want to set the goal. He said, well, but I'm not sure I can meet that. I said, it doesn't matter if you can meet it, you know, just like just like Trump when he was broke and like some people that are in, in a jam right now. Who cares if you meet the goal or not? Nobody's going to come out and arrest you. Nobody's going to have a headline that you made a fool of yourself, that you set a goal and you couldn't reach it. It's just a tool. You know, if you set the goal, you know, and finally I had to, I had to struggle with him to do that. So finally he set the goal. You know, we, we figured out a good goal. And I said, now, how are you going to get there? You're not going to get there by letting people wander around and walk out the door. You should, you should at least ask them, can I help you with something? Is there something that I can get for you or show you or whatever? And they started doing that, and they were, you know, very, they're very successful right away. Just having a certain, it was a game that they wanted to reach a certain number of sales in the course of that day. They weren't high pressuring. They weren't doing anything wrong. They were just engaging with the client because they knew if they didn't engage with the client then or the customer, then they weren't going to get there. And that's that's what we're facing now in society and especially in Atlantic County. There has to be a goal. The goal is survival. The goal is to, um, you know, could be to reduce debt. It could be to, you know, in order to reduce that, people might have to talk to the bank and say, look, we're pretty buried here. We can pay you this much. We can't pay you that much. And uh, it might be to increase revenue. Things look bleak now, but assuming things are going to get better, what can we do to increase sales and do a better job of doing that? So there are, there are just a couple of examples of things that can be done, but it's very important that we do something that we plan for success and that we map out a scenario, maybe unlikely scenario, but still a possible scenario for being successful in getting through this. John, halftime break. Good stuff. Very, very good uh, indeed. It is 31 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Law Offices of John Zarek Presents Smart Law with John Zarek. We'll be back in two and a half minutes. Michael Savage. I'm going to be well, Joe listen, Biden. It, he is saying something that's true. He says he's going to beat Joe Biden, and only Biden can beat Biden, and it looks like he's doing a damn good job of it. But this thing about if you don't vote for him, you're not black? Is there anyone who is African-American who might find this slightly offensive? I don't understand that if a Republican said that, there'd be calls for federal investigations. Michael Savage, weeknights at 9 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. We're back. I was just telling John during the break how much I'm enjoying. This is almost like um, 
I don't even know what to call it, like a train the trainer, or I'm just enjoying this conversation. And I said to John, I was very, very uh, impressed and, and very um, persuadable and moved. I love the concept of goals. Uh, any Everybody out there that's listening to John's message today, don't be afraid of setting goals, because this much I know in my lifetime, even if I've set a goal and I wanted to do something and I only made it to this part of the goal. That's more than if I didn't have a goal at all. So you don't measure failure or success if you fall short. If you set a revenue goal of $1,000 a day, but you did 800 you don't say, oh my God, I'm a failure because I only reached 80% of the goal. If you didn't set the goal, who knows? Maybe you would have been at 500. So goal setting can never be a bad thing, John. And if you use the, not just psychology, but the belief that that success isn't necessarily reaching a hundred percent, it's it's actually putting a hundred percent effort in and doing the best that you can, and then seeing the result at the end. And even if you don't reach the goal you wrote down on a on a post-it note or a, a, a diary or a journal that you keep or in your day timer. You're, you've got to be better off than if you didn't set the goal. Back to you. Yeah, always, always. And uh, now there is, but there is a human factor. It's a sociological uh, phenomenon that kind of works against that. Um, it's, it's kind of uh, human beings have been structured for, who knows, hundreds of thousands of years, a million years. Uh, there were tribes, there are leaders, there are people that do certain jobs. And uh, in, in many cases, human society worked, uh, especially in the more primitive times, because everyone stayed in their lane. Everyone did their job. And, you know, the, the idea of upward mobility was relatively rare compared to, to today, but we still have that in our genes. You know, it, it's called an atavistic behavior, which means really genetic over millions of years. You know, it something that's in our bones to act a certain way, and and one of those things that is still around. Uh, of course, it develops differently over time uh, through evolution, but. One of those things that's still around is that idea of not getting outside of your comfort zone. I mean, you know, unfortunately, we see it in some of our communities where if kids, there's a certain expectation. Um, um, among This happens among young, young people a lot. There's a certain expectation. <clears throat> and if someone gets out of the lane, if someone starts uh, being more successful than the the large group of people in that area, that school, that neighborhood, then they start getting criticized and start getting criticized very heavily and, you know, very aggressively because they're, you know, there's resentment. And, and really what that is, it's a, it's just a, a historical evolutionary atavistic behavior that, is natural you know we 
but we have to understand that it's there and that and we have to overcome that so the kid who's really studying and you know has has a goal right he may have learned that from his football team his coach may be may have been a really good goal setter and talked about those things and so at some point says to himself my goal is to go to harvard university you know, or my goal is to go to an Ivy League school, or my goal is to become a general in the Army or the Air Force, uh, or to go to a military academy, something like that. And they they start working toward that goal. And, you know, they may get criticism, they may get ostracized by the majority of people around them, but they're unshakable. They know that that's the way to to go. And they will not be dissuaded from that. So we can, you, we have a situation where people will um, feel discomfort out of their zone. For example, uh, a, uh, a salesman has a quota to sell um, $100,000 of product a year. And they set that goal, they have a monthly quota, they, and they start working, and they work really hard with, with great enthusiasm, and, every, and they have meetings, and they, they get pumped up, and um, they work, work, work. Life is good for them. They're, they're working toward a goal, they're excited, they're making money, but they're doing that. And then, two-thirds of the way through the year, they hit their goal, they hit their quota. And they're over their quota, and the company—they no longer—they've done what the company wants them to do. You know, they no longer have a goal. Some people, and this is a widespread phenomenon too, some people become very depressed. They become lethargic. Um, they become unhappy. Uh, they don't sell much after that. You know, because. In, in most cases, they're being managed poorly, but we're all, we all have to manage ourselves. In, in most cases, they don't set a higher goal in order to keep the enthusiasm up and keep the effort up. John, this is a great point. So they were all jazzed up, but they hit their goal with still a whole quarter to go in the year, and they didn't know what to do with themselves at that point. Yeah, they become paralyzed. You know, and these were not goals that were set by themselves. These were typically goals that were set by a sales manager or a company. Right. When you think that that people would say, "Well, wait a minute, this this is confusing," they they were that great for two thirds of the year, or, and and they don't know to just keep going. In other words, just keep doing what you were doing. Well, smart managers, smart managers, and smart presidents of corporations and. Uh, VP of sales will know that this phenomenon occurs and they'll say, okay, Jim, we're going to give you a new goal. This is where we're going here. And not only that, you're going to get a biggest, a bigger percentage of those sales. You're going to get a bigger profit to uh, pile on to the money that you've already made. And then they say, ready, set, go. And that guy or woman goes out and sells, 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 and does their job. That's, that's really, 
uh, with a great incentive because they've been rewarded for hitting their yearly goals so early that now they have a whole nother quarter with new goals and a whole new compensation structure and and commission structure and that that hopefully would then fire them up all over again to run through the finish line yeah it, it's and it's really important that they do that that so good sales managers, why don't they, why, why doesn't that happen with some people? Because they have poor sales management, they have poor management, they have poor uh, company management, they, they maybe used to be great, but they've been cruising for 10 years, and they're not, you know, they're not pushing the action the way they otherwise could or would. Hey, John, two minutes before the last break, let me uh, jump in with a question to get your take your temperature on this and get your your counsel on this because this came in about 20 minutes ago when you were on such a roll I would not interrupt you 2.1 million Americans have filed for unemployment benefits in the past week we now have more than 40 million 40 million Americans unemployed less than two and a half months ago we had the lowest unemployment rate in the entire history of the country at 3.5 percent highest work participation rate every demographic every race every ethnicity go gender going along for the ride with the highest numbers they've either ever had or in at least 50 or more years and now less than two and a half months later 40 million americans unemployed at the same time what's your thought what's your comment about that then we'll go to the break well, I think we're going to get right back on the horse and uh, get quickly back to where we were be before. I know there are a lot of naysayers and critics about that, but here's here's how that works. Uh, Stan Dudas, I don't know if you oh remember my, oh Stan. Oh, my God, he do was, I remember Stan? When I was a young junior executive, I ran my first golf tournament. Stan Dudas was running the Mays Landing Golf and Country Club for the Fraser family. I, I've known, well, I knew Stan, because he passed. I knew Stan since I was in my early 20s. I can't believe you just talked about him. Sure. Well, he was my, uh, when I started to play golf and quickly became a young golf fiend, he was my teacher, my golf pro. So I was very fortunate to learn I didn't do him justice hmm. in terms of the ultimate result, but he did a fairly good job with me, and I, enough that I could go out and enjoy the game. So he would, uh, from time to time, he was playing on on the pro tours. You know, he was he was a winner. Yep. He was a guy who could go out and play. And I say, I said to him one time, "God, Stan, you know, you're running the business here, and you don't have." can't have that much time and you're going out and uh competing against really good good people um how much do you have to practice and how much do you have to do this 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 he said he said look john here's the here's the truth you know work hard and get this down because if you if you get into a certain groove and a certain level of proficiency in golf Sure, practice can make you a little better, but he said, I can work here, uh, have a good period of time, lay off, go out, swing the club for a couple days, and complete, compete and play well. You know, 
he said, once you, once you have the gears in place and you have the timing in place and you, you know, you know how to do it, you know how to win, you can go out and win. And I think that lesson comes back, that lesson comes back to me now with regard to the economy and especially with regard to our economy. We can go, we can win. You know, we can, uh, we know how to do it. It, you know, our economy in general in the country was working better than ever. I mean, we we didn't we didn't even know what the we don't even know what the potential is, and we didn't know what the potential was. But we knew we were going places, and we knew how to do it. You know, we knew how to to get the job done, to start new businesses, to grow, um, to really prosper and help others prosper. So I think our economy is like Stan Dudas. We've had an interruption, but it wasn't an, inter- an interruption that was caused by our character defects or our bad work habits or by any other thing except this extraneous disease that got dumped on us and literally took the heart out of the economy. John, let's get the break in. We're going to come back. You'll have nine minutes uninterrupted when we come back to to, uh, finish up where you are. I completely concur. In other words, we we know how to do it. It was interrupted for external reasons, not nothing to do. Banks are fully capitalized at the time this all went bad. A medical health pandemic happens. So we know how to do it. And it's like Stan Dudas replicating his uh his shot you replicate the shot you get the result he's able to replicate the shot jim fraser can do the same i get it i i I think that's really um that's really a smart answer and that's where we're at john zarek continues in just a few minutes early in the morning wpg talk radio 95.5 and wpg talk radio.com markley van camp and robbins this afternoon at one now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Oh, where did the hour go? John, where did it go? Counselor, time is yours. What a, um, I have to read this compliment. Uh, John, say hello to Jimmy after I share with you this beautiful compliment. I'll tell you what, he, first of all, I love this guy, but in, in a handful of words, he said something so meaningful and so beautiful. He writes, this man has such a clear and calm mind. And he's clearly not talking about me. So that's a compliment to you, John. Say hello to Jimmy. Uh, Hi, Jimmy. You're very kind. Thank you so much. That is so nice. That's Um, such a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. John, I don't think you expected when you said Stan Dudas that I would even possibly know Stan Dudas. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think you found it like incredible. Oh my God, you know Stan Dudas. But um, he was so good to me at a young age, where I didn't know what I was doing, and he gave me comfort because he said something that that Jim Fraser once said to me, Harry, my boy. He said, "No problem, because I do know what I'm doing." And if I know what I'm doing, then you will know what you're doing. Very comforting when you're dealing with a pro. Yeah. And he was, as you know, he was literally a pro. Uh, when you're dealing with a pro, that then you know from then your hard work and you, if you're capable of learning uh, quickly, which smart people typically are, 
if you've got the right person, it's why I always felt good when we did our tournament at um, the Frasers Maze Landing Golf and Country Club, because th they were elegant and the best, and you just knew, you just knew it was going to be okay. As long as you know you're dealing with quality, and if you do your hard work, you know it's going to be okay, and it typically is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's important to, it's important to set the goal and get moving toward the goal. It just eliminates, it eliminates bad nerves. It eliminates anxiety and depression and everything else. I mean, if you're just sitting around and letting them hit you left, right, and up the middle, you're, you're not going to be very happy about that. No. It's, so it's, it's important for us to move and, um, I think I I think uh, a lot of my lessons in that were being a, a lifeguard on the ocean um, in Wildwood. I, we we you know you, when someone's drowning, you've got to go. You know you've got to go. Yeah. And that's pretty exhilarating situation. I mean, fortunately, in in my years and my uh, two brothers that guarded with me, uh, one two years younger, one two years younger again, and. Uh, you know, we we never lost anyone on the beach. I mean, the entire beach patrol. John Capacio was our our captain during this during that time, followed by other really good captains. But no one, you know, we never lost uh, a person to drowning, and that was you know that was uh, a a point of pride. Yeah. But uh, it was very you know they we were trained to be really action oriented. You know, it's it's almost like when you're when you're lifeguarding, it's uh, it's ready, fire, aim, mm. that sort of thing. You yeah. have to you have to move immediately, and uh, once you get once you get used to doing that, it becomes a frame of mind that serves you well in a lot of different areas. I'm not just so grateful to have that job uh, because you have you do have people's lives in uh, in your hands. And you, you don't want to let them down and you want to, uh, you know, you don't want to be that guy who loses someone on the beach. So, you know, it was, uh, it was good. It was good training. And I think it's important. I think it's important for us to, to get out of our comfort zone. I mean, every, every guard is of course, initially afraid, you know, and, and soldiers will talk about this. Now, again, I was not deployed, not in a combat zone, but, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends who were, and they they learn to move. Uh, you know, for example, uh, you know the first thing you would learn when the firing starts from the other side, if there's an ambush or something, immediately return fire. Two minutes, John. Stop and look. Don't stop and look. Don't don't uh, uh, make sure you know where the enemy is. Just start shooting. Uh, because that gets everyone into the action and, and things work well. So I think, I think what we have to do, it, it's a very exciting time because there's a big monster out there to slay, a big dragon out there to slay. And remember, um, you know, the treasure is never guarded by puppy dogs. <laughs> right, Harry? Yes, sir. It's always guarded by what? Dragons. Yeah. Right. So we've got, We've got some big dragons out there to slay, but we're just as good as we were three months ago. We've got the skills. We've got the ability. We've got the heart. We've got the pride in our country. 
we're going to do very, very, very well, despite what anyone is saying, what any criticism, the United States is going to come back. And, you know, to the extent that I can be part of that, I'm really enthusiastic about it, uh, both on the show and in, in the practice of law and in community activities. I, I love the country. Uh, it's been great to me, and I want to give as much as I can to, uh, to our community. So, uh, very blessed. Very good man. Very, very solid appearance, John, for all of your criminal defense legal needs. Turn to the official, the exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense matters for the Hurley in the Morning program, John Zarek, and his office, the law office of John Zarek, 609-641-2266, 609-641-2266. Visit John on the web at John at John Zarek, Z-A-R-Y-C-H, johnzarek.com. John, it flew by. Until next time, have a great day, my friend. Oh, I will, Harry, and you too. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. Joanne Daly is... Two million more. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Another wave of new unemployment claims last week. Fox's Lillian Wu has details live. Dave, just over 2 million more Americans filed for jobless benefits last week. That is in line with expectations and lower than the week before, but still roughly 10 times the number before most lockdowns started. The running total for the past 10 weeks now topping 40 million unemployed and a key number just in for durable goods. Orders for those big ticket factory items plunging 17.2% in April. Dave? Lillian, another angry night in Minneapolis protesting the death of a black man involving a white officer seen on video kneeling on his neck. Arrest him. Um, from what I understand, you murder someone, you get arrested. Those protests got violent. Fox's Jeff Manasso has more live. Dave, rioters in South Minneapolis torched an apartment building, auto parts and grocery stores, gutted a Target store, looted and vandalized many others, including the Minneapolis PD's third precinct. It's amazing the amount of restraint used by um, all of law enforcement out there. They've, they've done as, as truly as strong of a job as possible. Police spokesman John Elder, the continued violence in response to the police custody death this week of George Floyd, for which four officers are fired, the FBI investigating, and the city's mayor now also requesting help from the National Guard. Dave. Jeff, there are also more protests in Hong Kong. As China's parliament moves forward, approving a security law the U.S. considers a crackdown on democracy. China um, essentially calls these freedom-loving protesters terrorists. State Department spokeswoman Morgan Ortega tells Fox Business the U.S. no longer sees Hong Kong as autonomous, which could lead to tariffs. President Trump is readying an executive order to roll back liability protections for social media companies after Twitter fact-checks some of his tweets. And a Connecticut college student on the run since Friday after two murders now jailed, captured at a Maryland truck stop. America's listening to Fox News. Uh, I'm giving Jeb's basement renovations one star. He kept asking me what's behind the walls down there. I'm like, why? What, what do you know? No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. And then he's like, you can trust me with the job. And I'm all like, trust? <laughs> and while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. Yeah, he charged me less than he said he would, which is 
lying. Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated and third-party insurers. We're all in uncharted territory, looking for ways to support our communities. At Dell Technologies, we're making sure small businesses have the right tech solutions. Dell Technologies advisors are here for you, from helping small businesses stay connected and productive while working remotely with Windows 10 and Microsoft Teams, to rapidly deploying remote work solutions that limit upfront costs with Dell Financial Services. We're standing by you every step of the way. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. A bit sticky out there today with moderate to high humidity and high temperatures for South Jersey reaching for about 74 degrees. Patchy morning fog, then lots of cloud cover, a chance for a shower at some point, and a moderate risk of rip currents along the Jersey Shore. Cloudy tonight with some fog, low of 68, pretty muggy, and tomorrow will be steamy, high of 79, mostly cloudy, with a few thunderstorms too. One more round of rain early Saturday, then flipping to sunshine with falling humidity, still warm Saturday at 80 degrees. I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, I spent the uh, the break saying hello to Joanne Daly and also answering... Uh, a colleague who does a great job in the in the media in New Jersey, who called upon the Disney Yoda, that would be me, uh, for my opinion on something. So I haven't finished it yet, but I did write about maybe a hundred words uh, in response to something that Disney World is going to be doing. Uh, so the Disney Yoda was also very very busy during the break. Joanne Daly is here, Remax Platinum Properties uh, Sensei, the official, the exclusive real estate professional for the Hurley in the Morning program, the Mr. Miyagi of real estate. Uh, and Joanne's program takes place on either the 4th or the 5th Thursday of every month in the 9 o'clock hour. And Joanne, welcome to your program first. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Harry. How are you? Uh, very well, Mrs. Miyagi. Uh, and I was thinking about this. While unemployment is down now, or I should say up, uh, another 2.1 million people filed in the past week. We're over 40 million uh, Americans that are on unemployment right now, and obviously a lot with uh, so much shut down. But real estate is, um, I mean, if I say it's booming, correct me if I've overstated the case, but I know you're busy as can be, and I know that in the past 30 days, according to the Wizard of Oz, Zillow, my Ponderosa has increased in value, I never expected it. I expected values to either be the same and I'd be happy or who knows, but uh, up $6,097. What is going on in a global health pandemic that real estate is booming right now? At least I think it is. Do you? Well, well, it is. And I, I want to say, it, you know, we have to be careful because I, I think it, it's different region by region. So I can only really speak of our region here. With, you know, it, it is kind of, you know, contradictory where we, we have the casinos closed and people unemployed, but home home ownership is essential. 
you know. Um, so the rates are low, so that's kind of a very big incentive for people right now. And I think people have, having been quarantined, are are uh, sort of carpe diem, seize the day, you know, that we've put off having a shore home, we've put this off, now's the time to do this if we're going to do this. And you know what, they, they're coming from the north, the west, the south to come and buy real estate here. It's, it's amazing. We're all so busy. Um, I think people are tired of being kind of locked up and they've spent time in quarantine watching the home TV shows, what, you know, looking on Zillow and Trulia and Realtor.com and they're watching the prices and they're looking at property. So they're ready to make their move that what they've saved for, what they want to turn to, either working from home is going to, they're going to change and work more from home. So they want a home at the shore. I have a handful of clients that are saying, I'm going to be working part time. I might as well be at the shore. You jo- know? Yeah. Joanne Daly is here for the hour and we're talking about real estate. There's so many things to talk about and a reminder for all of your real estate needs if you're buying a home selling a home buying a vacation property if you're looking for a rental uh, if you have a property that you would want uh, Joe to help you find your next tenant or tenants uh, she's just fantastic the Joanne Daly team the official exclusive real estate professionals for the Hurley in the morning program for the Hurley family as well personally Remax Platinum Properties a Ventnor at 5321 Atlantic Avenue, uh, 609-822-3300 is Joanne's main office number and the Joanne Daly uh, private hotline, 609-513-8969, 609-513-8969. Joanne, I was very excited yesterday because Marty, Mayor Marty Small of Atlantic City in a early in the morning breaking news announcement uh, and said it as such. This is breaking news. Atlantic City is um, taking the, the, the foot off the throat of short-term rentals, and Atlantic City will open short-term rentals uh, effective tomorrow. Your thoughts? Well, you know, it's one of those things that we have to think cautiously but progressively. You know, um, it's a little bit it's good to do, and I understand our short-term rentals. Uh, you know, we are a resort town. There is a space for everybody, and, and I know some people have issues with the Airbnbs. I have some issues with Airbnbs, but they're typically then are more police issues. You know, the Airbnbs patronize our businesses. They, you know, use our boardwalk, enjoy our beaches, you know, help our market, but for the Airbnbs and the short-term rentals to to come, the people need to have the other businesses open that support the Airbnbs. So it's one of those things where, you know, they're going to come and get takeout, which is okay, or maybe dine outside. But some of the other businesses need to be opened up as well to a certain point, obviously cautiously, but to support the guests that are coming into town. You know, it's nice that they can come and enjoy the boardwalk and the beach, but we also have to feed them, you know? So it's like the next step has to happen with it as well so that we have, you know, places for them to go to visit and, you know, restaurants to patronize. 
Atlantic well, City also, I, I uh, think- Joe, it's not real estate related, but I want to share it with our listeners. And we did yesterday. Atlantic City does something which some jurisdictions do not do. And I, I think, and this is coming from someone that does not drink alcohol, but I don't have a problem with it. I know some people do. They think, oh, my gosh, you know, go cups. You're taking open containers out. It's it's like the wild, wild west. People are just going to be sloppy and going crazy. But Atlantic City also has an open container city law, uh, and that's going to be opened up, uh, reinstituted as of tomorrow as well. That was another breaking news uh, announcement that uh, Mayor Small shared on the program yesterday. Joanne, relative to the um, the rental market, now that short-term rentals are back in action, it's going to, I guess it's going to take a little bit to ramp it up, and, and then also you have to have people that are that are confident, that, that feel that it's safe. So there's going to be a lot of different degrees of um, people's own comfort level that will be taking place. What are your thoughts about how long does it take to ramp up? Obviously, the summer is basically here. I think finally the nicer weather is about to begin. What are your thoughts about that, Joe? Um, Harry, I don't think it's going to take a whole lot to ramp that up because most of that industry is conducted on the Internet. So with VRBOs, that's out of our world of real estate per se. The VRBOs, the Airbnbs, is all done on the Internet, and that's so instant, you know. Um, what has to happen, I think, between the customers that are patronizing Airbnbs and stuff is the cleaning companies where they always come in and clean. You know, it's almost like a routine that, you know, people check out on Sunday, they come in and clean. You know, they're going to be just a lot more thorough in the sanitizing of everything between the customers. I see that's the key. What I what I said, people being feeling safe and being confident, I didn't mean they have to go to a front desk or go touch people and things to to get a short term rental. I I get you on that, that they'll do that um, electronically. It's I mean, what you just said, the comfort of the place is clean not just look clean, but, you know, it used to be that the way you would clean a hotel room uh, was certainly for appearance, and you do want a deep clean and things like that, but now people really are going to be attuned to whether it's been thoroughly cleaned in terms of this coronavirus and such. That's what I meant by the confidence level. Right, and I think people are even going to take some of that on themselves, like I know I would, that yeah, I know they sent in the merry maids and cleaned the place, but I'm going to bring my own, you know, my own sanitizer, my own Clorox, and I'm going to wipe down what I want to make sure the surfaces are to my liking that I know I did it, you know. So I think there'll probably be a little bit more of that, um, you know. And and moving forward, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's It should become part of our, our you know, routine anyway. So I think that'll that'll that and you know people have the mask and they're on the boardwalk and they get their bike rides they're going to be able to mix a little bit of the new normal in what they know and have fun at the shore with you know i think that's going to be that's going to be good the thing that we are sort of in a shortage of inventory is that the homeowners that used to rent you know half their home an apartment in their home or or a home for summer rentals for like the full summer some of those owners decided not to rent this year 
just to let it go this year and not rent. So there's a bit of a shortage wow. on the home, on the private type sector that are, don't do it like professionally with the Airbnbs and, and turn people over week by week. Did they just not feel comfortable with disinfecting and, and the unknown and bringing people that could have the, the coronavirus? I guess there's a lot of reasons why, why people are uh, apprehensive, right? A lot of it's the liability. Yeah. You know, like they don't they don't want to carry that liability of anything happening to them or to somebody else. And then, you know, so a lot. So I'm, I'm short on short term rentals, which I could use a few. Um, so the inventory is a little low that way. And I think as things open up, some will come up available. But I have a, quite a few customers that now and, and here's the need where there's no camp for kids. So the people are looking something to do with their kids for the summer. Um, there's no camps. There's, you know, there's no day camps. There's no sleepaway camps. All that kind of stuff's been canceled. So they want to come down to the shore. And now the inventory is somewhat low on getting homes. Finding homes that will accept the pet is our biggest problem, you know, um, because now the pets have to come too, <laughs> you know. Um, so there's a bit of shortage there and a bit of a demand. Yeah. Joanne, Joanne Daly continues. Joanne Daly, REMAX Platinum Properties, a Ventnor, the official exclusive real estate professional for the Hurley in the Morning program. So is supply and demand also the reason, and, and you know my feeling on this, Joanne, I don't believe that Zillow is the oracle of um, of property valuations. I think they're off a lot, including my own property over the years, because they they don't fully know what you've done, and it, it, they're just taking a guess that you're the same as the other properties around you. So I think they're not the oracle, but they are widely known. And every month I get an email. I don't even know how it started, but I get an email every month. I guess one time I did my own property value, and they, they then they get you. They capture your data at that point. So every month I get an update as to what has happened with the value of my own property. And it was two days ago, and I, I let you know about this offline, uh, and I put it on the agenda for the show. The Ponderosa, in the last 30 days, during the height of, of before we even flattened the curve of the, of the COVID-19 coronavirus, increased $6,097. How is that possible? Right, right. Um, well, I'll tell you, I think part of it is that the inventory is low, and I was reading, we, we get a, a newsletter from the New Jersey Realtor Association, and all the prices are up. So they've had this, this the single-family median sales price increased 12.7% to 355000 in the April 2020, and that would be, like, compared to, like, last year. So wow. it... And I, I think part of that was because we had such a strong economy coming into this virus to begin with. Good point. That we've had really, you know, record low unemployment levels, record low working, you know, people were buying. We had such a strong economy. Um, and the prices were getting back to, you know, where they should be as opposed to where they've been deflated for a number of years. So we were we were coming back of all that to like a really a, a normal standard of where we should be just before the virus, you know, quarantine issues hit. But consequently, 
And, and for some reason, there's you know, a handful of clients think, oh, the pandemic means prices should be lower and people are reducing prices. And it's not so, not whatsoever. You know, we've had going into this, we had more properties. And I think we spoke about it last month with bidding wars, you know, because of the lack of inventory and the higher prices. You know, people are putting in full price offers right now. You know, it's, it's amazing that we have a, a, a strangely strong economy in our housing market here in this region. But I think I think you covered very well. We're going to get our first break in and come right back with Joanne Daly. I'll give you the particulars how to reach Joe in just a moment. But you nailed it in the answer. The fundamentals of our economy was so strong. Highest work participation rate in American history. Obviously, that would mean lowest unemployment rate in American history. The banks were fully capitalized. Everything was doing very well. So it's not a, it wasn't a financial crisis. It was a health crisis. So that, I think, speaks to a lot of what you said very, very well. To reach Joanne Daly for all of your real estate needs, if you're buying, if you're selling, if you're renting, uh, Joanne, in terms of rental, is just, I mean, magical. That's all I can tell you. On both sides of the action, if you're looking for a place or if you are the property owner and you're looking for a tenant, uh, she's just terrific, and the Joanne Daly team at REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventnor. 609-513-8969 to reach Joe directly, 609 609- 513-8969 with Joanne Daly, our official exclusive real estate expert. I am humbly yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. 